Good morning and happy Tuesday to you. I'm Adam Wright. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven at 7 a.m. on this Tuesday, October 3rd. It is great to be with you this morning. We've got a lot that we are going to fit into today's show. So let's go ahead and get started here. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father, amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, a good morning to you. I hope your week is off to a fantastic start. I have to tell you this. I am so much looking forward. I can't even put it into words how much I am looking forward to the cooler temperatures coming at the end of this week. Some of the soccer parents and I were talking yesterday about how we're, we're tired of sitting outside roasting in the sun at a soccer game in the fall and now it's October, and it shouldn't be that way. So we are very much looking forward to those fall temperatures as we go into the weekend. Today on the show, we're going to hear from Teresa Tamio, host of Catholic Connection, to talk about an event she's going to be at in our listening area this coming weekend in Jefferson City. Then we're going to continue talking with Father Wade Menezes about what's in a name. We started that conversation yesterday. We're going to pick up where we left off uh, yesterday, we're going to pick that up today. And then Father Carlos Martins is going to be with us by phone later in the show to talk about an exciting opportunity to venerate the relics of St. Jude the Apostle right here in our listening area today at St. Joseph Parish in Manchester. That all kicks off at 1 p.m. There's going to be a Mass with Archbishop Rosansky tonight. Father Martins is going to tell us all about it. We're going to talk about, you know, what are relics? How do we venerate relics? What do we mean? You know, why do people say we're praying to the saints? And are we praying to the saints? And what's the difference between prayer and worship and all of that? Father's going to clarify all of that for us today. I want to give a shout out to Colleen Paisley and her daughter, Juliana, who listened to Roadmap to Heaven on their way to school. They're on their way there right now. It was so great to meet you at the uh, Seek First event. And Juliana, I want to thank you for listening each and every day. I hope you have a great day at school today. Like I said, we do have a lot to get to on the show, so let's go to Mike Roberts now for our Saint of the Day. Today is the feast day of St. Ewald the Fair and St. Ewald the Dark. They were martyrs. St. Candida, also a martyr, and St. Theodora Guerin. Born in France in 1798, her father was in the French Navy under Napoleon Bonaparte. He and his wife Isabel had four children, but only two daughters survived. Her given name was Anne Therese, and she came into the world during the end of the French Revolution and during the Reign of Terror, which was particularly cruel to Catholic institutions and clergy. When she was 10 years old, and after receiving her first Holy Communion, she told her priest she intended to enter a religious community as soon as she was old enough. But... At 15, her father was robbed and murdered. Her mother, having already lost two children, was now without her husband and fell into a deep depression. And Therese assumed responsibility for the household, taking care of her mother and sisters. 
When she was 20, her mother recovered and gave her blessings to Anne Therese as she entered the Sisters of Providence, where she was given the name Sister Theodora. She became a teacher and administrator while caring for the poor and sick. In 1840, the Bishop of Vincennes, Indiana, asked for help caring for his large and growing community. Sister Theodora and five other sisters were sent to help. Upon arriving, Sister Theodora formed a new community, the Sisters of Providence of St. Mary of the Woods, and their mission was to provide care to the sick and poor and to teach. She was an incredible builder, overcoming countless obstacles of every kind to build schools and orphanages in Indiana and eastern Illinois. She died in 1856 at the age of 57 and was deeply mourned by the community she served, Catholics and non-Catholics alike. She was canonized in 2006 by Pope Benedict XVI. St. Theodora Guerin, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. We were happy to have Barb from the Diocese of Jefferson City on the show with us about two weeks ago to talk about an upcoming women's ministry event in Jefferson City, which is actually going to be this Friday and Saturday, Friday evening and Saturday. The keynote speaker for that event is Teresa Tamio. You might recognize her from Catholic Connection here on Covenant Network and EWTN Radio. And we're pleased to be connected with Teresa by Zoom right now, all the way from Rome. Teresa, thank you so much for being with us today. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be coming to Jefferson City. You know, I would imagine everyone, all of the all of the ladies that will be attending this event are looking forward to it. And I love the theme of this year's event, especially in the midst of the Eucharistic revival, fortified yeah. by the Eucharist. Because I think if, if there's something we all acknowledge, especially uh, from what you report on your show, there's a lot of confusion in the world. There's a lot of chaos in the world. There's a lot of reasons to lose hope in the world. And yet our Lord calls us to keep that hope. The gospel gives us everything we need for that hope. And then he gives us himself in the Eucharist to sustain us in that hope. Tell us a little bit about what you'll be sharing uh, this weekend. Gosh, there's there's so much, and I've been going through it. And I, <laughs> I have three talks, and I wish I could give ten talks, because there's so much I want to share with the ladies. So on Friday night, I'm going to be sharing my journey back to the church and my reversion story. And part of that is very Eucharistic, because it was the profound experience that I had when I made my Holy Communion as a child that really kept me Catholic and brought me back. So that's gonna be a big part of Friday night. On Saturday night, we're gonna be talking about being defined by God and the fact that we are daughters of the King. So how do we get our identity? So our identity is not in the world, it's not in what we do, it's in who we are made in the image and likeness of God. So I'm gonna talk about our royal heritage, the fact that we are all daughters of the King. And so often in the world, especially now with the gender ideology and the confusion over you know, male and female, we forget how God loves us so much and how he gives us so many beautiful attributes, but we're different. We're equal as men and women, but we're different. So that'll be the second talk on Saturday morning. And then I'm going to wrap up. It's okay. How do you handle all this? How do you know what God wants? How do you know you're following the will of God? The last talk is going to be on the beauty of listening, because no matter what we do, if we don't listen, and if we're not willing to submit to God's will, then as we say in Italy, basta, it doesn't matter. The, the, at the end of the day, it has to be about listening to the voice of God. How do we do that? So those are the three talks I'll be doing. I'll have a book signing. I've got some fun things to sell in my books and some bling. 
Uh, we'll also have time for Q&A and then again, the book signing and lots of fellowship. So I'm so excited. With all of the different faith sharing opportunities we have in our church from our parishes to Catholic media apostolates such as this one and Ave Maria, EWTN, etc. Why is it important for women to gather for an event such as this? Well, because I think that that personal connection, we're made for relationship, relationship with God and with each other. Okay, so first God, then with each other. And I think we lost that during COVID and there was so much isolation. And I think we're seeing the fallout from that. And we had the Surgeon General earlier this year, and I've talked a lot about this in my show, talking about the epidemic of loneliness. And we were separated from each other for so long. And I think to meet with each other and to be able to share with like-minded people and just have that time of connecting away from the busyness, not online, not on a phone, but FaceTime, real FaceTime makes a huge difference. You can't replace that relationship time, that one-on-one time, it's just irreplaceable. And we saw that again, as a fallout from COVID when so many of us were, were kept from loved ones and friends. So it's really important to have that bonding time and just to just come and have fun and relax. And as I said, the interview I did for, for the, your local arts diocese paper, I mean, let's just come and have fun and be together as Sisters of Christ. I think that sounds wonderful. The event is the Jefferson City Women's Ministry Ladies' Night Out in Fall Retreat this Friday, October 6th, with doors opening at 6 p.m. And Saturday, the retreat is from 10 a.m. till about 3.30 p.m. with an optional additional conversation after that. Doors open at 9 a.m. There is a fee and registration is required, but you can find all of that information at diojeffcity.org slash M fall event. Again, that's dio, D-I-O, jeffcity.org slash WM fall event. Everything's going to take place in Cana Hall at the Cathedral of St. Joseph. It's going to be wonderful. And Teresa, we wish you and all of the women attending a fruitful, prayerful, and uh, fun time as you gather for this retreat this weekend. Thanks, and pray for safe travel for me back to the motherland. So if you just pray for travel for me, that would be great. We will. If you want to hear more from Teresa Tamio, we'll stay tuned right after Roadmap to Heaven today is Catholic Connection here on Covenant Network, and you can hear Teresa on weekday mornings at 8 a.m. We're going to take a break. Stay tuned. There's more of the show after this. Hello, podcast listeners. This is Adam Wright for Covenant Network. If you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to hit like and subscribe. And while you're at it, share it with your friends. And now back to the Roadmap to Heaven podcast. Yesterday on the show, we started a conversation with Father Wade Menezes about what's in a name. And we started talking about the importance of names and Father, as he does, gave us just a great outline of what we need to know. And today we're going to continue that, talking about how a name is a way to glorify God. So let's jump back into that conversation. Now, Father, it it seems like the church is giving us a lot of leeway here when it comes time for parents to choose names for their children. But if there was one thing, you know, in in bright, flashing neon letters, the church is saying is remember that the name has a very sacred nature when you are picking a name. Yeah, that's right. 2158, the Catechism states, God calls each one of us by name. Everyone's name is sacred. The name is the icon of the person. It demands respect as a sign of the dignity of the one who bears it. That's right out of the catechism, Adam. That is a powerful, powerful line. 2158, God calls each one of us by name. Everyone's name is sacred. 
The name is the icon of the person. It demands respect as a sign of the dignity of the one who bears it. Uh, God is the author of life. And this is something very profound that needs to be remembered. In Isaiah 43, 1, we read this. But now thus says the Lord, he who created you, he who formed you, fear not. I have redeemed you and I have called you by name and you are mine. Remember that Adam in the book of Genesis names all the animals when he's still in a state of his original solitude, what John Paul II called Adam's original solitude before the creation of Eve. He goes and he names each creature because he knows the very nature of the creature so much so that he knows none of them are made like him. None of them can be a complementary helpmate to him. So he knows the innate nature. Well, the same with parents in discernment, naming their child, okay, and what they hope for this child in the given baptismal name and what the name means. John 10, 3 states, to him the gatekeeper opens, the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. Words from Jesus himself, right? And Jeremiah 1, 5 states, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, and before you were born, I consecrated you. Again, he's the God of life. In addition, the Catholic Church teaches that each baptized member holds a mysterious and unique character marked with God's name and shining forth in splendor precisely because the human person is called to ultimately be with God for all eternity to experience heaven, what the catechism calls the beatific vision or eternal beatitude, right? Number 2159, the very next paragraph says, the name one receives is a name for eternity. In the kingdom of God, the mysterious and unique character of each person marked with God's name will shine forth in splendor for eternity. Parents must choose a name wisely then, as their children's names are intended to stay with them forever. As such, our names can help inspire us to live out our holy call, the catechism says, so that we may one day find our eternal place in God's kingdom forever. So with all of this in mind, Adam, instead of feeling any pressure uh, when deciding on a baby's name, all parents should delight in the prized occasion and the responsibility they have to name their child and take time precisely with its discernment process. Would you comb through you and your wife's children's names for us, Adam? So, you know, that, that's a really funny story because with James, who we discussed earlier, there was a great debate on whether he was going to be James or we're both very Irish if we were going to go with the traditional Gaelic version of that, Seamus. And uh, mm -hmm. it, it actually came down to this. We said if he, if he was born with red hair, he'd be Seamus. Anything else, he'd be James. And, and sure enough, he came okay. out blonde just like his mother. Uh, we were going to name our second child Rebecca. But then throughout that pregnancy, as much as we love that name, we found the name Emma. And we, we very much like that. And then with the next daughter was Amelia. And that's a family name, but also a saint's name. And a great saint, if you want a great image, she uh, rode a fish across a river. So, you know, Father Don right. Calloway should probably meet her. She's a surfer. Wonderful, wonderful. And yeah. we'll talk about the importance of the family name here shortly. We'll cover that. Yeah. And then we did finally name one Rebecca. And that was a big debate about how we were going to spell that. And finally, with our, our fifth, we said, you know, all of our girls have a name that ends in the, the sound, uh. We need a good, holy name that ends in us. So we have Nora. So to, to recap, we have James, Emma, Amelia, Rebecca, and Nora. Yeah, so beautiful, beautiful. You know, uh, whatever the names we have been given, 
may all of us really savor their meaning and and what they inspire us to be, huh? And understanding the beauty that our parents gave them to us. Um, aware of their origins is important. Like you just mentioned the Gaelic uh, pronunciation and, and thus the meaning. Uh, all the while glorifying God throughout this process. So again, no pressure for parents, but rather a beautiful reality of taking your time to discern it. So whether it be rock, Peter, or humble, Paul, or princess, Sarah, or friend, Ruth, a person's name can reflect so much about one's identity. This is evidenced by no greater example than our Lord himself as we declare his glory and magnitude each time we say his name, Jesus, God saves, or Emmanuel, God with us. How beautiful is that? And that's where we're going to leave off today. There's more to this conversation that we will bring you tomorrow. Are you enjoying this podcast? Well, if you are, did you know that Covenant Network offers great programming 24 hours a day on 43 stations in five states, plus streaming online? You can find our schedule, your local station, or listen online at www.ourcatholicradio.org. That's O-U-R-CatholicRadio.org. We are back, and we're happy to have with us Father Carlos Martins, Director of Treasures of the Church, which currently, uh, Father, is going all around the United States with the Apostle of the Impossible, Tour of the Relics of St. Jude the Apostle. Father Martins, it's great to have you with us on Roadmap to Heaven today. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Now, this is something that, uh, sadly, I didn't even realize was happening, and luckily someone said, Adam, you, you got to see this, and you have to talk about this on your show. So here we are, uh, later today, beginning at 1 p.m. on this Tuesday, October 3rd, so it's happening now, pretty much, there is going to be exposition of a relic of St. Jude at St. Joseph Parish in Manchester, Missouri. As we said, it's on this Tuesday, October 3rd from 1 p.m. There's going to be Mass this evening at 7 p.m. with Archbishop Rosansky. Father Martins, first and foremost, can, can you explain what are we doing when we go to venerate a relic? Because I know we get a bad reputation sometimes from those that don't understand our faith saying, oh, you Catholics, you're going to worship that saint. And that's not really what we're doing, but we can understand where that misconception maybe comes from. Well, look, uh, the worship is due to God alone. So both Catholics and Protestants are in complete agreement with this. Worship is due to God alone. However, we do pray to the saints, and praying and worshiping are not identical terms. The, the word to pray means to ask, and as any dictionary attests. So when I ask you what time it is, I've just prayed to you. So when, when in, for example, in, in Shakespeare, when, uh, you know, throughout his plays, uh, he likes to use the word pretty, you know, pretty thee tell me. So that's a contraction, the word pretty, of I pray thee. Uh, in other words, I ask you this. So when we're asking the saints to pray for us, when we are praying to them, asking them to pray for us, what we're doing is approaching Christ through his mystical body, which are the saints, right? Paul uses that analogy more than any other analogy in his epistles, that we are members, body parts, limbs on the body of Christ. So those who are in heaven, who have finished the race and won, they are 
members of the body of Christ at the disposal of the church here on earth. So we're asking them merely to intercede to God on our behalf. Now, with regard to their relics, uh, relics are not magical. Uh, they are referenced throughout Scripture. The first reference to relics occurs in the Old Testament of the second book of Kings. We hear about a dead man being buried, and inadvertently, as his body was being lowered into the grave, it came into contact with the bones of the prophet Elisha, one of the holiest saints in the Old Testament. And it says the dead man came back to life and rose to his feet. In the New Testament, we hear about, in the Gospel of Matthew, for example, the hemorrhaging woman who, in a moment of light, realized, hey, all I have to do is touch the hem of Christ's garment, and I'll be healed of my hemorrhage. That's exactly what she did, and that's exactly what the result was. Now, to be clear, she did not touch Jesus, but his clothing, and that was enough for the healing. And Mark, in his version of that account, he adds a sentence that goes even further. He writes, and as many people as touched it, they were all healed. And then we hear about, in Acts 19, Paul the Apostle was so holy when he would walk down the street, people would touch him with, with rags, with common everyday cloths. They would then lay those cloths on the sick, and it says two things would occur. Uh, they, if they had any evil spirits, they would depart from them, but whatever illnesses and afflictions they had, they would be delivered from them. So relics, whenever they are mentioned in Scripture, two things always occur. There is always a healing. And touch is the way by which that healing comes about. And it isn't because relics are magical or that they have some kind of power within them apart from God. Uh, any healing that comes in the, that occurs in the presence of a relic is, is due to God himself. But God does so because he is a proud parent. He's very proud of his saints, and he likes to draw attention to them, especially in the presence of their relics. So what is coming today to the Archdiocese of St. Louis is the arm of one of the Twelve Apostles. And in fact, this Apostle, uh, St. Jude, was and, and remains the first cousin of our Lord. So Jude was the son of Mary of Clopas. And the Church Fathers inform us Mary of Clopas was the blood sister of the Blessed Virgin Mary, making her son, Jude, Christ's first cousin. So we have here somebody that lived with Christ, ministered with him, ate with him. You know, the very arm that we're here venerating, that arm touched our Lord. That, that arm hugged our Lord. Uh, that, that, that arm received our Lord's embrace. And this is the first time that this relic has left Italy. Uh, so people beginning at 1 p.m. Will, will be able to come and, and venerate it with any objects of devotion that they bring. They will be able to touch to the reliquary case and turn those objects into what we call third-class relics. Uh, so among the classes of relics, first class is the body or any part of the body of a saint. Second class is anything a saint owns, such as a piece of clothing. Third class is anything touched to a relic. So, for example, or, or, or touched directly to a saint, just like those rags I mentioned in Acts 19 that touched Paul. Uh, healings are done with all three classes of relics. So anything folks bring and touch, such as their wedding bands, rosaries, necklaces, to that case, that, that they will all become relics of St. Jude. There will be a Mass at 7 p.m. 
I do recommend that people carpool, that people give themselves extra time to find parking when they do come, uh, but it will be a glorious day. This is all incredible, Father, and I think one of the questions sometimes we wonder, and if I had my kids here, they're already on their way to school, but if they were here, they would say, well, Dad, when we go to venerate a relic, what do we do? You know, because we've made it clear this is not really a museum piece that's being taken around the country for you to see. This is an opportunity to pray. So as we perhaps as we wait in line in the church and then once we come up to the relic, what are some of the things you recommend we, we do to pray in the presence of St. Jude? Well, certainly to pour out your petitions. Uh, Jude is, is known as the apostle of the impossible. And, you know, St. Jude is... Uh, is well known for obtaining a heavenly favor in desperate situations and in in, in, in hopeless scenarios, uh, and and we all have situations like that. We we know we have a relative who is far away from God and who, who is hostile to the faith. Uh, people in our lives that are that are living, you know, their 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 lives are are morally decrepit, uh, and so we. We're unleashing, so to speak, one of the most powerful intercessors in the Church upon these intentions. Uh, so so St. Jude has come a long way uh, to visit the people of the Archdiocese, and he is coming, bringing heavenly grace. And so we come into his presence to receive it. Uh, it is a great grace to be in the presence uh, of a relic, and, and heaven dispenses that grace to all those who visit it. So uh, certainly, I mean, we can, we can pray to St. Jude from, from anywhere uh, and at any time. However, the grace is, is preeminent when we stand in the presence of the relic. Could it be as simple, Father, as perhaps saying in that intercession, dear St. Jude, here is my situation, here is my impossible cause, if you will. I, I think especially of parents who have so often asked that question, my adult children have left the faith and I don't know what to do. It, it seems like they might not come back. But St. Jude, here's the situation. Could you please pray for me and, and really make it just that personal and perhaps even that brief? Absolutely. You know, you know pilgrims are going to be well instructed and well catechized when they come on site. There are large catechetical banners that will direct them exactly how to venerate to the relics, how to direct their prayers. Uh, they're, you know, all about the life of St. Jude, his ministry life, uh, his martyrdom, the activities that he accomplished uh, in his missionary journeys. Uh, everyone will be well informed about all of that, and they'll, they'll be richly edified with information even prior to getting to that relic. So uh, it certainly it will be a glorious day, but there'll, there'll be lots of everyone will be fed in the head and in the heart today. Oh, it, it will be beautiful. Well, Father Martins, I want to thank you for taking time out of your schedule to be with us on Roadmap to Heaven this morning. Again, the relic of St. Jude, the arm of St. Jude, and his father said, the first cousin of our Lord, will be on display for veneration of the faithful at St. Joseph Parish in Manchester, Missouri today, beginning at 1 p.m. And if you'd like more information about this uh for lack of a better term, tour of the relic around the United States. It always makes our, our saints sound like rock stars, Father, when I say that. Uh, you can visit apostleoftheimpossible.com. Father Martins, could I ask you to close our time together with a prayer? Absolutely, yeah. So may Almighty God bless you and bless your listeners, your family members, and all those whom you love, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 
Father, thank you for taking the time with us this morning. We are going to take another break here on Roadmap to Heaven. We'll be back after this. Here we are on this Tuesday with another Daily Dose of Encouragement with Patty Schneier, where this week we are reflecting on the joyful mysteries of the Rosary. Patty, what will we reflect upon today? Well, I'm sharing these reflections, these meditations on the joyful mysteries that were shared with me, and it helped me to pray the Rosary in a new way. And I know we encourage everyone to pray the Rosary every day, but let's face it, sometimes we just need a jump start or a new perspective. So yesterday I talked about that first joyful mystery, which is the Annunciation, and maybe bring to God all the fears of the unknown that are in your life, as Mary said yes to the unknown. Today, let's look at the visitation, the second joyful mystery. So Mary's journey to her cousin Elizabeth allows Christ to visit his cousin John even as both are within the womb. So travel for a young woman, even in service of her relative, would still have involved sacrifice and effort. That's what Mary shows us in this. She went in haste and traveled, and let's face it, on a donkey, pregnant, could not have been an easy trip, right? But service to another is what Mary was giving when she herself was even in the same state. This would have required great selflessness. So their meeting brought joy to Elizabeth, to Mary, to John, and to Jesus. So what is one of the lessons of this mystery? Service and selflessness and sacrifice when born out of love brings joy to all who give and all who receive, even though it requires much effort. So where can we go out of our way today to bring joy to others like Mary? And how can we open our homes and our hearts to serve others like Elizabeth? We need to be both Mary and Elizabeth at certain times in our life. And this second joyful mystery, the visitation, teaches us to do both service and then to give selflessly. So think about that in your life today. Maybe that'll help you in your prayer as you pray your rosary today. Another great reflection for us on the joyful mysteries. Patty, thank you for today's dose of encouragement. Have you ever installed a floor somewhere? It's not the easiest thing to do. In fact, I'm much better at removing flooring, especially carpet, than I am at putting flooring down. But I remember helping out with that at one point in time and watching some flooring be put down. And the one thing I've learned is you have to have a really good base. If you don't have a good base underneath the floor, it doesn't matter what you do. You're going to have problems. And, you know, once again, another great analogy for us in the spiritual life. If you don't have a good foundation, if you don't have a good base in your daily spiritual activities, you're probably in for some trouble down the road. So as we prepare for First Friday Devotions this Friday, where we'll make reparation for sins against the Sacred Heart of our Lord, uh, as we prepare for our First Saturday Devotions, where we prepare to make reparation for those blasphemies against the Immaculate Heart of Mary, what's the base that we're building this week that motivates us then to keep those monthly devotions. What are you going to do today? You know, this month, October, is the month of the rosary, the month we go to the Blessed Mother, asking her intercession, most especially through that wonderful prayer, 
given to us through St. Dominic by the Blessed Mother and so many great saints. You know, the rosary has the power to turn lives around. If you, if you don't know the story of Blessed Bartolo Longo, look him up. He's one of, uh, one of the champions of the rosary that just has an incredible, extraordinary story. You know, I, I'm always partial to Blessed Alan de la Roche, who was told, go out and promote the rosary, and he didn't. And our Lord appeared to him and said, you know, my mother and St. Dominic and I have given you all the tools necessary for you to go out and do that. And you are like a dog that has forgotten how to bark. The world is filled with ravenous wolves, and you have forgotten how to bark. And so it's, you know, it's one of those reminders for us. What we do each and every day matters, and we have to root it all in prayer. So today, no matter what you do, wherever you're going, maybe, you know, like me, you got to go to soccer practice tonight. You've got to take your daughter. You're going to be sitting in the car or sitting in the lawn chair watching the practice. It's a great time to pray the rosary. It's a great time to do some spiritual reading. It's a great time to put that base layer in your spiritual life down so that you don't have problems later on. And it's not about so much what you do. What you do is important. You have to choose to do it. Charity compels us to do it, but it's about the grace God supplies when we choose to do it. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Mary, Mother of the Rosary, pray for us. St. Joseph, Terror of Demons, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Roadmap to Heaven here on Covenant Network. Tomorrow, we're going to continue our conversation with Father Wade Menezes. We're also going to be talking about the priesthood with Father Shane Demon from Kenrick Glennon Seminary. So be sure to tune in for that. And whether you have soccer practice today or whatever it may be, don't forget to be holy out there. I'm Adam Wright. Have a blessed morning. Don't forget to pray your rosary today.